everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host Josh Sanchez and I'm here with a very special guest. She is a spiritual expert, Jessica Carrolls. Jessica, how are you doing and what's going on? I am doing great, Josh. Do you go by Josh or Joshua? Josh, Joshua, whatever makes okay. you comfortable. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Got my my tea here. So tea, relaxing, having a great Thursday. Okay, now should I ask what type of tea are you drinking? Uh, let's see. It's like Puka brand. I think this is elderberry and echinacea. I would just like grab something quick on the way in. <laughs> hey, man, there's nothing wrong with some tea, right? It's always good to, you know, just yeah. relax and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jessica, before we really get started, I just want to say thank you again for reaching out and wanting to come on the podcast. Um, being like a, a spiritual expert and getting into terror and stuff, I, I'm really excited to and I've been looking forward to our conversation. Um, so I, I think we can just start right with that. So when it comes to, you know, like your spiritual work, what are some things that you do and what are some things you're really passionate about um, with all of that? Yeah. So I call myself a spiritual connection expert. And the reason behind that is I see my role as being able to help people tap into their inner wisdom, spirit, intuition, what have you, so they can handle whatever life throws at them. And through that, heal the world. My feeling on this is we overextend ourselves a lot. We listen to it society tells us we live on their basically their script um, to the point where we live a lot of people live inauthentic lives and it bleeds into this whole need to help other people um, as a way of trying to help themselves and I feel like that's reversed you should help yourself first so that you're in a stronger place to help others so I use a lot of different modalities on that um, tarot recently started doing palmistry. Um, I also do energy healing, uh, Reiki healing as well uh, to get people into that best spot so that they can figure out what it is they want in life, advocate for themselves. And once they're in that place of healing, to be able to genuinely support others around them. Wow, Jessica, I, I'm, I must say one, like one of the things I see from like all of like the work that you're putting in, it's really trying to help people build that sense of self. Like, like you mentioned, right? Like whether that is through society, what we're taught, right? Through our experiences, we mainly focus right on trying to like help others and be there for others. But when it comes to like our sense of self and connecting with our higher selves, like that's something that we're not really taught. You know, like we're taught to, you know, to produce, especially in America, right? Like yeah. need to produce. But like when it comes to like building like our own sense of self and connecting with our higher selves, that gets put in the back burner. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're into a lot of that work. So 
I just think breaking down a little bit one by one. So mm -hmm. what got you into all that stuff? You know, whether did you have like a, a moment in your life or have you always been this, been into like the spiritual practices? So what led you down that path? Uh, so I've always had this spiritual side to me, even when my family tried to raise me Jehovah Witness. So that's an interesting part of the story, which um, for those who are not familiar with, uh, Jehovah Witnesses are a sub-branch of Christianity, some say a cult, that uh, is very rigid in the beliefs, especially when around religious purity, taking a look at what they believe to be authentic Christianity. There used to be some apocalypse apocalyptic doctrine involved in that, though it's not so much nowadays. But yeah, I was raised in that up until I was age 15, started looking for faith in various avenues before settling or verifying my spot when it comes to, uh, to Wicca and witchcraft. And the other aspect of this is I've always have seen myself as like a healer and nurturer. Um, when it first started, it did come from that place of woundedness, as it does for a lot of people, of thinking, well, maybe if I put myself out there and help others, others will help me. And it wasn't until I became a pro professional, basically saying, I want money in exchange for my work, that I started to really accelerate in my healing journey. And what got me to that point of actually wanting to be more on the, the paid side was what I call up my trifecta of tragedies and train wrecks. So in about late 2017 to about early 2018, I had three things happen. Uh, one, my dad died of cancer. Um, it was build up to that, but then also when it finally happened, it was relatively quick. Uh, I'm polyamorous and I had a partner at that time where that relationship imploded and he and I had been working on a creative project. And because I did not think of exit strategies of if something were to happen, that whole thing fizzled. So that led me to going and getting a tarot reading in the middle of a Minnesota snowstorm, mind you, if I'm not sure where you're from, but Minnesota snowstorms, there's like, we get massive snow. We don't really care, but like a genuine snowstorm from our frame of reference is like your traffic lockdowns or thing. And I still made it to this shop. The dude there was amazing. We spent about an hour there talking about various things. And I left that with a sense of peace and a sense of, okay, everything's awry, but it's stuff that I can work through. And that led me to say, okay, why don't I do this for others? Because I saw the benefit of being on the client side. And it was through those five years following that I did a lot of intensive healing myself because going through that process made me realize just how much of myself I was giving to others out of a desire to be wanted or a desire to be loved. And putting those boundaries in place when it came to caring for others really showcased that for me. So that's why I say that going through this whole process has been very healing for me. And it's put me, given me perspective so that I can go out, reach out to others and show them how much they're overextending or what those patterns are in their life so that they can start to heal themselves as well. Maybe not in the same way I did, but at least give them those first steps.
Yeah, Jessica, I, I must say, wow. Well, like, first, I just want to say, like, thank you for being so honest to sharing, you know, part of like your journey and <laughs> the things you experience. And it seems to me, you know, that all of the experiences that you have gone through, right, have really helped shape you, right, in getting into Mm -hmm. that spiritual practice and wow the fact that you still went to this tarot reading like in the middle of a snowstorm like for me like i'm in i'm in the philadelphia area so like we get snow but it's not like minnesota snow like i trust me i i have seen a lot of snowstorms you guys have had around that area um so the fact that you still went down there right just shows that passion and stuff and um so and hearing the things that you've learned, too, about setting boundaries for yourself, right? Because mm -hmm. we got to set limits to how much we can give because it can be a lot, especially when we're trying to help others, right? We have to know our own limits and how much we can help. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me that, you know, like you've learned so much through all of this and and, it, and it's great to see. It's great to hear. Um, so just my next question, just building off of everything. So let's say, you know, someone is just getting into, you know, wants to start to find new things about themselves, just tapping into, you know, like the spiritual practice. Like I know you've had experience doing Reiki. I know you've had experience doing tarot. Like there's so many like different outlets, right? So mm -hmm. like where is like a good starting point for someone, you know, that just wants to get into everything? Well, that's fun because it's like at that point, it's like, well, what do I go with on it? Honestly, if you're starting your spiritual practice, a lot of it, like tools are interchangeable. Techniques and methodologies are interchangeable. Um, it's about first discovering yourself and then being able to adjust from that. So the things that I would strongly recommend for anyone who is beginning, don't worry about the books, methodologies, tools, what have you. Um, the things I would start with are going to be meditation and journaling. And here's why. The whole concept of meditation is not about thinking nothing. It's about training your brain to recognize when you're thinking. It's the whole concept of metacognition. And the reason that's important is when you are when you catch yourself in those loops of like negative thinking or worrying or ruminating, when you're able to catch yourself in that, you're able to pull back and choose different. So that's the important part on it. People think that it's it's hard. And yeah, it can be hard in the beginning because your brain, you're so wired into thinking about like the past and the future that staying still or at least being aware of what you're thinking can be hard. But I can tell you it, it's immensely helpful. Like you can, you can make a mess up and be like in the middle of a full on panic attack or weirdness or like very angry at something and a pause and re realize, wait a minute, this is what's going on and shift. And that's an amazing part. And the reason I was, I chose journaling as the second thing to recommend is sometimes we just simply need to get our thoughts out. And I feel like a lot of what the way people do that now is through social media um, or like old school, it would be you vent to your friends or you put it in your diary. Now it's like, all right, screw the paper. We're going to go put it on Twitter or Facebook or Tumblr or whatever. And while it's good to get those thoughts out, putting them on a public forum may not be the best because it prevents you being fully authentic with yourself. Or if you are, it can lead to some unnecessary drama. So that's why I say journal privately 
heck, you can do a Google Doc if you really want to type it out. But it's about getting yourself to process through those thoughts and feelings. And it also gives you a tool to go back and look at, well, what was I thinking back at that point in time, one month, three months, six months, a year ago, and see all of that progress you've gone through since then. Yeah, Jessica, I really like that piece of advice, especially with the journal aspect, too. And like for me, like uh, I've worked with like a lot of I'm a counselor right now. So I'm working with a lot of like the adolescent and like the young adult Mm -hmm. age range. And when it comes to social media, that is something where people have been real. They've been authentic. And uh, sometimes it leads to consequences, too. You know, we got to be careful of what we say on social media as well. I think that's definitely been something. That has been very important recently, right, is being able to, you know, not only be aware of what you're doing, but also what you're saying and the words you're saying. So Mm -hmm. like when you said, like putting it on social media right now, everybody can see it. Right. And Mm -hmm. once your words are set in stone, people can take that in many different directions. So Mm -hmm. journaling. Right. And and giving yourself time to be in the present moment, be aware of what's going on is definitely Mm -hmm. a really great starting point. And that just leaves me right to my next question for you. Like, so if we were to go back, you know, when you first started Jessica, like your journey, what was like the first couple of spiritual practices that you got into um, to help yourself? I think the biggest thing was learning how to say no. So before I got into my spiritual practice, before all these changes happened, um, I was a very different person. So I'm going to walk back about six plus years. So at that point in time, yes, I was considered myself witchy, aware, whatnot, but I was staying up until 2 a.m. doing volunteer work because I felt no one else could do it as good as I could. I would go to conventions where I would volunteer, not participate in the convention, but almost exclusively volunteer because I felt that that was a way of helping others. But in actuality, it was me trying to find validation at that point. So I had a lot of blind spots on that. And it was that first learning how to say no was the biggest spiritual catalyst for me. And it it sounds weird. It's like, what, just two letters? I'm like, yeah, it's one word, two letters. You learn a lot about yourself from your ability to say no or how you even internally respond to saying no to others. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like being able, because because when you say no, just to add to your point, Jessica, like when you say no, right, you're also showing respect for yourself too, mm-hmm. right? Because, and that could be one of the toughest things, right? Saying no, being able to be like, I cannot do this right now. Like I need to focus on myself, right? And that's not you being selfish. It's sometimes, you know, we reach those points, right? Where that's what we need. Like we need to set and tell people no. Right. And that, that shows some respect for us. Right. And it helps us connect more with ourselves. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit, you know, about like just the spiritual business side of things. You know, um, I know that you mentioned a lot about like witchcraft and stuff. And for people, you know, that are just starting into it, like what are some like things that you do for for like witchcraft and stuff like that, too? I've always found that so interesting. I would really like to know some of your insight on that on that side of things. 
on what I do within my business witchcraft wise, because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of different ways. So, I mean, if I'm looking at it from the stance of what do I do as a business owner and how do I integrate witchcraft, mm-hmm. um, I have my nice little lunar calendar up on the wall that I plan around. Um, there is another person out there who does astrology, Teresa Reed. She's also known as a tarot lady. One of the pra- services she offers is she does weekly astrology emails that gives us a head up, heads up on here's what's to focus on on each day based on the astrology. So very heavy on lunar cycles, major astrological transits when it comes to making business decisions. Uh, behind me, um, it's hard to see, but I have my business, al- other side, business altar. Um, so being able to like on different days of the week, putting out candles along with my intentions and my my bay leaves that I burn. Um, so those are the things I do within the business. Uh, when it comes to working with others, uh, I've been de- playing around with the idea of providing like tips and tools using various magical methodologies for people. Um I currently have a business group that I run twice a month right around the full moon and new moon uh, where I talk with spiritual entrepreneurs on here's different topics relevant to where the moon is right now. Um, Astrology, I don't use as much because I'm not as skilled that people I refer that to, but like tarot for pattern recognition, tarot for brainstorming, pendulum work for the same type of things. Uh, and then with energy work, it's simply, it's about like where in the body am I feeling that energetic tension? Cause that gives sign or where others might be feeling that. Cause that's a sign of here's where we need some TLC. So all of these different tools that you can use um, that I use in my business, I use in my daily life, and then I can also show others how to use in their lives as well. I like it. I like it. I, I definitely do. You know, like I, I like how you, you know, you're just like you're integrating all of these things right to help mm-hmm. people, whether that is doing some things right during the lunar cycles, like the new moon and the full moon. Right. And mm-hmm. and also, you know, getting into other stuff, too. That's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, like when it comes to tarot, because part of this podcast, like I do, I do like a weekly tarot for everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. so like I'll pull, I'll just pull three cards, like what energy should we feel this week? Um, So when it comes to the tarot, I was told this is, I'll start off like a less like intense question. I was told by like a couple of my close friends that your first deck is supposed to be like a gift. Um, do you believe that? Do you believe in that method, uh, methodology? Um, how do you feel about that overall? Well, in that case, I did it wrong from the beginning because I went and bought my own deck first. So I was curious on it because there's a lot, there's various theories when it comes to that. Um, one of them, when you look at the history of the tarot, when it was used in a more esoteric manner, um, like the Order of the Golden Dawn and other secret societies out there, um, they were initiatory meaning that you had to go through some sort of trial, be vouched in, whatever to get in. And they used tarot as a tool. So it was the whole has to be a gift was a form of gatekeeping to keep others from accessing it when they quote unquote shouldn't. So that was my, that's my view on it. Um, Others have theorized that it's because the original tarot decks, which were card games um, were hand painted. So it was a very luxury item at that time. So it's like, why would you go and spend all that money on yourself? Again, going back to that whole productivity, you need to like give to others versus 
self-indulge, I feel that there is that messaging as well. So going back and buying your own deck, you're perfectly fine doing that on your own. I actually encourage it because you'll find artwork that vibes with you. It is about focusing on yourself versus relying on others to quote unquote, rescue you, give to you, whatnot. And it says F that to the whole initiatory practice. It's like, I'm taking God's knowledge for myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, cause I've heard some people say that to me, like, Hey, like it's supposed to be a gift. Other people saying, Hey, like just tap into it. Take that first step. You know, like mm -hmm. the cards will call to you to, you will find eventually find like a deck in which, you know, like you're very comfortable with. And that just leads me right to my next question. So like for you, for you, Jessica, like what were some decks for you, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm assuming you've had multiple decks. Um, Pay no attention to the bookcase behind me that is full of tarot decks. <laughs> so like for you, you know, like, like how was like your process, you know, trying to find like the tarot deck that you find, you know, like most comfort for you? Um, I had the pleasure and the penalty of working part-time at an occult bookstore that gave a reader's discount. So anything new that showed up, it was like, yoink, there goes the money I just made in readings and then some um kickstarter as well so i will usually find a deck that i fixate on for a couple of months and they'll be like okay cool that's in my rotation and then find something new or different um so uh yeah otherwise we can nerd out about decks all day i have several out right now for when i do online readings but yeah it's basically what looks cool to me artistically Okay. Okay. I got you. So like, I'm fine with nerding out a little bit as well okay. when it comes to the tarot deck. So like, what is like your like go-to right now? Which one like you feel like, you know, most comfort right now? Okay. So yeah, the one I have right now is actually on my table right here. I'll show it. It's uh, the star spinner tarot. So it has, so the things that I personally look for is color. I'm a big fan of color in tarot. Um, I feel that color has a lot of meaning, um, some that we consciously are aware of, some that we're not consciously aware of. Uh, another aspect that I like about it is it actually has three lover's cards, depending on what orientation you want to have, including one that is very ace. So you have the male, like the male and female, two men, two women, and then like the two, like the male and female, but they're not anyway involved in that sense. So that level of diversity as well. Um, those are the big things. I also have the Mystical Cats Tarot. So that fun deck out there, because who doesn't like cats? <laughs> and it's, there's some really humorous, mischief-making things that have happened in that deck. And I also had the pleasure of meeting the owner of one of the cat models for that deck a couple years ago. So that was a lot of fun to find out on that. So those are the two that I'm currently going for. Um, there's another one out there that I use when I'm at events called the Light Sears Tarot. Uh, again, very deep in color. It has a shows the broad spectrum of humanity in there. And the devil card is, uh, he looks like he could be an underwear model. <laughs> So we'll just put it there. He's it's like, OK, we have the buff dude as the devil with the person in marionette in the background, implying the whole 
message of that card. But yeah, it, it's things like that where it can be a little bit cheeky, still fun. Um, one that's on my bookcase that I would bring out for uh, more adult-oriented parties uh, is called Tarot Mood. And the artist behind that, Natalie, what she did was she took the standard Rider White Smith deck and she added captions and thought bubbles and turned all the moons into crescent rolls and it she it was some adult humor involved in there it's like you have the emperor with the giant like goggles going to respect my authority like from south park so it's again it's it's taking because tarot is basically the book of life um when it comes to life experiences decks that really speak to that in the here and now I'm drawn to those. Hey, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Podcast as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcast gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcast, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, Go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcasts. I love it. And and Jessica, I just want to say thank you for being so open and honest with sharing your collection as well. I know that's something where some people are very like, I don't want you to know like what, what I like and stuff. So I, I've realized this too, you know, like it seems like everyone, you know, we have our own style, like our own version that draws us, right? And for you, like you mentioned, like color is a very important thing for you. So when you see a deck and, de- and the colors that it shows is something that's very important for you, which is great to hear and great to see. Um, and I think this is a really good transition because I know you mentioned like the lover's card, right? And how like that's been mentioned in the tarot deck as well. Um, so when it comes to, you know, relationships, right? Like relationships are meant, you know, to really like show us things right about ourselves and we're learning constantly learning new things about ourselves due to Mm -hmm. relationships, whether that's with friends, family, and even ourselves. So what are some things, you know, you've learned throughout your relationship journey um, and also getting into like your spiritual practice too? Like what are some things you've learned um, through your relationships? Yeah. So first off, I'm coming to come out. I'm polyamorous. I have a husband of almost 21 years, boyfriend going on four and a half, five years. I've lost track of that. And it was a bit of a journey to get to this, what I consider to be a point of equilibrium. Um, My husband's always been there for me. I'd had other partners and it was through those various relationships that I recognized some unhealthy cycles within myself, the, the overgiving, the holding on to the, the attempt to control on 
like wanting to keep these relationships well past their expiration date, which I know a lot of people have similar experiences on that one. I'm feeling always needing to be the nurturer, the caregiver, the provider, even when um, the other person might not want it and realizing a lot of that came from my own discomfort. So all of those different things I learned on air in those relationships. And it really helped me um, as a tarot reader because I can relate and basically be at where the other person is without having judgment of their situation. I'd be like, oh, here's this pattern. I'm not gonna say whether it's good or bad. I'm gonna call out the pattern. I'm going to show what the cards are saying on where that pattern is heading and provide guidance on, well, here's some things to consider if you want to change that pattern. Okay, Jessica. Yeah, like I want I first want to say thank you for being honest, right? Because, you know, like we learn new things right through our experiences, right? Oh, yeah. And power to you, you know, for realizing like, hey, like I'm learning these things about myself and the amount I'm giving and like being able to, you know, like step aside, right? And do what's best for you is something that's mm-hmm. very important. And like for you, I know you mentioned like trying to find the patterns. That was one of the big keys that I noticed in your answer. So like- how how challenging can it be, you know, to find those patterns sometimes, right? Because one reading might say this, you know, another reading might say that. So like when it comes to like finding those patterns, how can like we find those? So there's a couple of things. One is the card. The cards will, will show those patterns, um, whether it's the suits that show up, the personality types, the the color associations. Like if you have everything that's blue except for this one card is orange, that kind of sticks out, those sorts of things. Um, the other thing that comes up is tarot readings aren't always about or they aren't just about we're going to throw the cards on the table and, and leave that. Um, some tarot readers are like that. That's not my style. I listen to what the person says and how they say it. And I will ask deeper questions as much as they allow to try and suss out, well, what is the real reason that they're asking? What is it that they're trying to fix um, or change about their situation? And usually between that and the cards, between those two, I can find what that pattern is. What is this need that's been left unmet? Um, What is causing them to ask that question in the first place? And taking all that knowledge, I'm able to synthesize it to provide more concrete guidance versus just going, here's what the cards are saying. Okay, I got you, Jessica. So yeah, so it's pretty much right, you know, like digging into those deeper questions, right? As the reading is being shown, okay, so Because I know I've noticed this too, like some people like Mm -hmm. they'll go in with a specific question, right? But then there's actually like, you know, like a deeper, there's something deeper that Mm -hmm. needs to be explained like throughout their question, right? So it's like trying to dig deeper. Okay, so what is it that, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're really trying to find, right? And that's something that while each card is being pointed out, we can get those, you know, answers. So that's really cool. You know, that's how that's how like you find that pattern too. So it's great. It's great to hear. It's great to hear that insight as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So just like my next question, just sticking to the relationship side of things um, when it comes to like 
let's say, you know, someone is just starting in their relationship journey, right? And I know, like we've mentioned, you know, about like being able to say no, right? As like a great piece of advice. Mm -hmm. What is some like other like additional advice that, you know, you would give to someone, you know, just trying to start out in their own journey, finding their relationship, you know, trying to find their partner or, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to even find themselves, right? So like, what's some advice, you know, that you would give to them? Well, based on my experience of doing readings for, I forgot how many hundreds of people now, the biggest thing I can give advice wise for someone who's starting out is don't map out your future as if you're writing like a novel that you're basically going to try and live. Um, Especially if you're just starting off a relationship, don't immediately start jumping to, okay, is this person the one? Uh, when are we getting married? When are they going to like propose? Those sorts of things. Because you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and on that other person that this is going to work out when you may not even fully know them just yet. And that's, it's a lot and it's tough. And I have a lot of people who've come to me, like they they're still within the first less than a year with that relationship and they want me to tell them, well, where is this going? I'm like, you know, way more than I do. This is where it's trending. (laughs) And it's, it's, uh, it's also the whole, like the curiosity aspect. People will go for readings, like for curiosity is like, where is this headed? I'm like, is this, there a genuine red flag here? Or are you just curious? I'm just curious. I'm like, why do you, (laughs) it's, it's really fascinating why what the type of questions people have. So yeah, for someone who's just starting off, if they're starting off and they are not in a relationship, avoid the whole timetable thing. Avoid comparing yourself to others. And we're going into summertime, which is the big wedding season. So it's like everyone's looking and they're seeing their friends getting married or engaged or whatnot, and then judging themselves when they're living their own life path. So that's an important aspect there. And then again, with the newer relationships, let off the pressure, just simply be, be, enjoy the moment. Heck, if you're really concerned, go look up like love languages or whatnot, or if there's a genuine thing that worries you, um, look at how the, like that small problem and how to fix it. Those are the, that's the advice I would give. Oh, definitely, Jessica. And I, and I really, I really like your piece of advice as well, because like what you're telling people, right, is one, like slow down, right? Live in the present moment, because, you know, when we try to map out, you know, we got to do this or we, you know, we feel the pressure of, oh, my friends are getting married. Like there is no specific timeline right Mm -hmm. to getting married to getting in your relationship or you know to finding your partner right like I've talked to people that have found their partners later in life I found people that have you know taught found their partners early in life right Mm -hmm. there is no like timeline right into like when's the right time to get married or when's not right so it's like slow down not trying Mm -hmm. to map and uh you got this, right? Like, like you said, it's yeah. all that self-discovery. So great piece of advice, Jessica. And I really appreciate everything you've shared so far between your honesty with your experiences and also like the business side of things and also into relationships as well. For our, just so you know, just a transitioning to like our last segment, um, I wanted to talk to you about astrology. I know you mentioned <laughs> you've been interested in astrology. You've, have you gotten like your chart read before? 
I've had my chart read before a couple of times. Uh, one of my local friends uh, did a reading for me. I think it was like a week or two ago. I know about the big three. I know about all the little bits. We actually framed it around business. So I'm I'm familiar with my chart and its idiosyncrasies. Okay, that's really cool. So like, I just want to say like, now that you've learned a little bit more about like your chart, like how has that helped you, you know, with, because I know you mentioned like being able to, you know, time when it's the right time, you know, to like push more for business or, you know, like push less for business, right? So like, how did that really help you? Uh, so the big thing here for, for the big three, and I'll just say it aloud here, um, I am Scorpio sun, Aquarius moon, and Capricorn rising. So looking at it, it kind of, it tells the story of, all right, here's how I come across. Here's what I'm on the inside. And here's my, like, what, what drives me emotionally. So for those who are like, what's going on, Aquarius moon kind of makes sense for someone who thinks more on a humanitarian level, more the bigger picture, and also being a little bit more tech oriented uh, on that one. Um, but yeah, it also is like this, the sheer amount of passion on there has been, yeah, looking at all the Scorpio in my charts, like, yep, very intense, very intense person. Um, and then learning about the houses and how they correspond to everything. It just, it was very eye opening on it. Okay. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Cause like, I felt very similar to like when I first saw my chart and I'll share a little bit of myself as well. Cause I know you're sharing yours. So mm -hmm. for me, I'm a Sag rising Taurus sun Tor uh, Capricorn moon. So it's like, you know, like you start to see, like, once you realize your big three, you can start to get deeper. Right. And like thinking and discovering more things about yourself mm -hmm. and astrology has really helped me answer some questions that like, I've always thought like, how come I operate like this? Or, you know, like what's mm -hmm. going on here? And like, once you know your chart, you can start to figure out like the transits and what's currently. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it's really great. And I 10 out of 10 recommend anyone that is interested, you know, to dig a little deeper, find a little bit more about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to you, Jessica, so right away, like I know you mentioned a lot of Scorpio placements, like your son's in Scorpio, Mercury's in Scorpio, Venus is in Scorpio. So it seems, you know, like your, your ego, right? Because your son is like the ego, right? With the communication, the communicator and Mercury, and also like the feeling of like love, right? And relationships in Venus, all three of those are connected and they're all in. And for me, just to give disclosure, like I do whole sign uh, for my astrology charts. So like it's equal degrees for each house. Um, so I see all of this energy and it's in the 11th house, right? Which for you, it's all about that sense of, the community, the, the bigger community, right? So I noticed like with your brand, right? Your spiritual practice, like you're really trying to connect deeper with people, you know, as like, you know, that big community aspect. And then to add your Aquarius moon into it too. Like I could see like that humanitarian, bigger, like future oriented, helping, mm -hmm. you know, helping the big sense of community. That's something that really stood out to me. And one of the ulterior planets, and I'll let you know, if, I've, if I'm throwing too much, let me know. <laughs> like uh, Uranus is the uh -huh. planet of freedom and rebellion. And that is also in your 11th house. So mm -hmm. your, all of your Scorpio placements are right there in that 11th house. Um, so just how do you feel about that? You know, so all those planets in that in that one aspect involving that big sense of community. It's 
not surprised. Again, a lot it it shows an area for growth as well as an area for change. Like as I shared before, um, one of the things that I struggled with before I started to know myself and deal with boundaries is I constantly felt like I needed to volunteer to help others to quote unquote save the world, and not realizing at that point it was my own woundedness, hoping that if I help others, someone would help me, and not the healthiest place to be on that. So being able to put myself in a point where I'm making sure I'm taken care of and then being able to help others from that more healed place. Yeah, I'm not surprised with all of that at all. Of course, of course. And just like another thing I see right away too, like with your chart. So like with me, like how I read charts, like it all depends. Like if I see a lot of placements, you know, in like uh-huh. one specific house, I'm like, okay, I'm going to highlight this and similar, you know, in your charts. So your 11th house is a big placement for you. And also your ninth house as like, I see you have your Jupiter. So Jupiter is like the frat bro of the planet. So this is the planet that's going to like, you're going to have a bunch of confidence here, but you also have your Saturn. Saturn mm-hmm. is the grandpa planet of of the planets you know like you have to work hard to get to this right so you have your jupiter saturn your north node and lilith and these are all like you know like your lilith is like you don't really feel it all the time but when you feel lilith's presence like you feel it and then also like your nodes like things you're supposed to learn in this lifetime all of this energy is in your ninth house as well. And the ninth house involves, you know, higher education, higher learning, expansion, right? So like being able to expand your spiritual business, right? Being able to expand your knowledge. Because I noticed like you mentioned, you got some Reiki, you've worked in some Reiki, like you've practiced Reiki, you've Mm -hmm. gotten into tarot, you've done a lot of like, you've done some witchcraft stuff too. Like you've done a lot of like spiritual practices, right? And that's all expansion, Right. That's mm-hmm. all like wanting to expand your own sense of, you know, like business. Right. And growing. Um, so I, I see this right away. Like I see the Jupiter and Saturn, you know, clashing with each other. Is that something that you've had to work on? You know, is like building that sense of like confidence. Right. Building that sense of like work in that spiritual practice to help like build your career. Um, so with that, that's an interesting one. And when I did my, uh, the astrology session about a week or so ago, that came up as a huge conversation topic, um, because my view is I'm totally cool with having the corporate day job as well as what I call this, my spiritual side hustle. And they were talking about, oh, here's how those two interplay. Like the the Saturn is the, okay, we got to do the work. We got to have this. We got to have our systems. We have to have all these other things. The Jupiter is the play side. So it's like the Saturn is the part of me that shows up when I go in the office and like have to deal with all this corporate meetings and all the, the bullshit that comes with that with minimal filters <laughs> and then the Jupiter's like, I'm going to go play and like take all the knowledge I learned in the office on systems and structures and whatnot, or how to do project management. And I'm going to take it into this thing I'm really passionate about, which is the helping and healing others in the spiritual business side. So that was the part that they called out when they, they saw that, I'm like, this is your two sides that you have. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, Jessica. I like I, I just I just noticed that too. Like I just see like your chart, you know, like you have the one side, right? You have the all the eleventh house placements, right? Which is about like digging deeper and the passion, right? And the, you know, like wanting to know more. And then you also have like the other side, right? Where you it's like the expansion, trying to expand your career. And then you have the Jupiter and Saturn energies clashing, where it's mm-hmm. like structure, discipline. Yeah, let's do this structure, discipline, right? Um, So it's really interesting to see. And and just like I said to a lot of people, right? Like when it comes to astrology, it's another tool in the toolbox. It helps us understand a little bit more about ourselves, you know? So I just want to say, you know, thank you for sharing your chart, being so honest for everything, Jessica. I'm going to give you these next couple minutes for you to, you know, share, like where can people check out your work? Where can people follow you and, you know, and all that fun stuff. Sure. So my main website is themysticgeek.com. I'm currently working on my branch, my my new side of it called Mystic Side Hustle. Um, the link will be on mysticgeek.com. Uh, right now, I just have a parked website for that. Uh, as for social media, because some people jumped the gun and got similar handles, I've had to adapt. So I am on medium.com as the mystic geek. You look that up. You'll probably find me there Um, on Instagram and on Pinterest. It's the mystic geek, but with underscores under each word. And then for Twitter and TikTok, it's just the mystic geek, no spaces, underscores, dots, or anything else like that. So I'm on all those various channels. Um, I, this is where that whole Jupiter versus Saturn comes in. It's the whole, I know I should write more, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm having fun doing all these other things. We'll just go with the flow. It's like, and the should is not a word that we need to have. It's like should is usually you're comparing yourself to other people on it. So I'm a bit more sporadic when it comes to social media on that. And then I also have a podcast myself called Spiritual AF Sundays. So you can kind of guess the tone just based on the name. It's that was born from watching so much Twitter drama and saying, you know what, we need to have some nuance and bringing on guests from a variety of lifestyles and walks of life and ideology to talk about spiritual matters that are important. So Spiritual AF Sundays is on um, wherever you can find your podcasts. And I also got spiritualafsundays.com, the domain name, because I'm like swiping that before anyone takes it from me. I love it. I love it. So, and I'll make sure again, uh, Jessica, I will put all of the links that you mentioned and social media profiles in your, in the show description as well. So that way you guys can check out Jessica, all the hard work that she does and all that fun stuff. But Jessica, I must say it's been a huge honor. Thank you for joining the podcast and please stay safe. Keep up the great work too. Thank you.